0: Right, Abel, in our Bible character series, we have been kind of jumping back and forth, New Testament and Old Testament, men and women, and so much we can learn from these Bible characters, and I continue to come back to the fact that God chooses to use men and women like you and me. Uh, these heroes of the faith, uh, some of them that we'll talk about uh, are not heroic in their faith. Unfortunately, they maybe set a bad example, as we'll look at uh, some who did not serve the Lord. But we are looking primarily at those who have set a good example. Not perfect. Some had great failure. Some had uh, at least no failure recorded in Scripture, but they all are sinners. And uh, those who uh, knew Christ as their Savior, uh, they are recorded in Scripture as having accomplished Uh, something for the Lord, or having served the Lord in some way, and we're going to look at Abel. This picture is from the Creation Museum. Sorry, it's a little bit blurry, but this picture is from the exhibit in the Creation Museum. As you go through, uh, they talk about the Garden of Eden, and then they talk about how sin, of course, entered with the deception of Eve and Adam, and then they talk about the first murder, as uh, Cain Murdered his brother Abel. But let's look at Abel's life tonight. And we'll be in Genesis chapter number four. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass. "...that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel, and to his offering. But unto Cain, and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen?" If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted, and if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, verse number 8. And it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not, am I? My brother's keeper, and he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Now, we also can turn over to Hebrews chapter 11 if you want to put a finger in Genesis chapter number 4 or a bookmark of some kind, and then uh, turn over to Hebrews chapter number 11. We see another reference to Abel in Hebrews 11. And looking down at verse number 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. So we see, first of all, with Abel, we see a better sacrifice. A better sacrifice. In the outline, maybe... Uh, You have the prayer sheet with you and on the right hand side there on the back, uh, there are some blanks if that helps you to follow along tonight. We'll look at that outline as our guide as we look at the life of Abel. We see, first of all, a better sacrifice. One commentator put it this way, it had in it, that is an Abel's sacrifice, it had in it much more to render it acceptable to God. It had much more in it to make it acceptable to God. But why is that? Why was Abel's sacrifice better than Cain's? Why was it accepted and Cain's not? Well, we see, first of all, that it was brought in faith. It was brought in faith. And we understand that there's not a specific quote from God found in Genesis 4 that says, thou shalt bring this to the sacrifice. This thou shalt not bring to the sacrifice. We don't see that specific quote. We look in Genesis 4, and we see that Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Okay, so Abel is working with sheep. Cain, his particular gifts and abilities were with the ground. And so we see that they had different areas of interest, of ability, of work. Verse 3, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Now we go back again to Hebrews 11, and we go to verse number 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Some have kind of squabbled over the years about whether Cain, if he had come in faith, if he had come in the right heart attitude, then God would have accepted his Fruit of the ground. I differ on that. I believe that Cain did not come with the right sacrifice because he did not come in faith. The two go hand in hand. He brought the right sacrifice, a more excellent sacrifice. Because in faith he believed what God had said, though it's not specifically revealed to us by quotes in the word of God, this is what thou shalt bring, but it is implied and we can infer from the scriptures and we can look at Hebrews 11 and verse number four, we can look at Genesis four and I believe Abel brought the right sacrifice, a more excellent sacrifice, because he, by faith, believed what God had shown with Adam and Eve, what had God done when Adam and Eve sinned. He slew, he killed the the, the sheep, assuming that the, the covering was that of sheep and their wool and provided covering. So a living animal was sacrificed, their blood was shed. We also look ahead to the cross. We look ahead to the law. We look at the types and the symbols and the many, many blood sacrifices. I've been reading in my personal devotions through the book of Leviticus. And it is a very bloody sacrificial system, all of which are picturing the bloody sacrifice that Christ would make for us. We see that example from God himself in covering Adam and Eve... After they sinned, we know the types, the pictures, the symbols, the sacrificial, the bloody sacrificial system of the law. And we look ahead, of course, to Christ and we see that God was desiring a bloody sacrifice, an animal sacrifice as an atonement, as a picture of what Christ would do. I believe that Abel knew what the correct sacrifice was, and he evidenced that by his obedience. Yes, he came in faith, and yes, his faith is ultimately what Hebrews 11 and verse 4 recognizes. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. But I believe there was also in the sacrifice an inherent excellence because it was the right sacrifice because Abel believed what God had said and what God had shown regarding sacrifices. Now, there are people who are very sincere today. I've met students in dealing with uh, discipline issues at school, in ministry, I've dealt with people who are very, very sincere Even sacrificial, but they were sincerely wrong. Made a genuine effort. I think of students who sincerely were doing their very best on whatever assignment, but they did not write down the correct assignment. I don't care how sincere they were. In that case, it was more of an innocent thing than a rebellious thing. But they wrote down the wrong assignment. It's happened at home, uh, with homeschooling. The wrong assignment is done, and they have to turn around. As sincere as they were about doing that particular assignment, they did the wrong one. They had to go back and do the right one. They had to fix it. I believe that Cain, by his response, indicates that Cain came in rebellion. This is my fruit, This is my work. I have slaved over this land. I have plowed. I have planted. I have watered. I have been out there in the fields. And I have worked just as hard as Abel has. And you can catch that spirit in Genesis 4 and down in verses 5 through 8. And then, of course, as he was attacking, I'm sorry? Okay. Sure. Sure. Yes. And, and Adam was probably very well uh, informed and had taught them. Correct. Yes. That's a good point. So I believe Cain and Abel both knew what sacrifice to bring. And it was even in Cain's response that we see. That he was reacting in anger because he was saying, why can't my sacrifice be just as acceptable as Abel's? I have worked hard. I have been out there in the fields. But would Abel have had to have done a lot of work as well with the animals? Was it really about who worked harder? Was it really about who did more, who sweat? Had, had been more profuse. Again, it's the difference between salvation by faith alone and Christ alone and salvation by good works. We see the same principle all the way back here in Genesis chapter number 4. And we even, of course, go all the way back into uh, Genesis uh, 3 as well and uh, the uh, promise of the Messiah and the serpent's head being crushed by the seed of the woman, and of course, that is even a prophetic, messianic reference. But here in Genesis 4, we see Abel's sacrifice being brought in faith, and it was brought in obedience, and the faith was evidenced by obedience. One more thing here, before we move on to the next point. Do we not evidence our faith by our obedience? We, we read it in Ephesians 2 and verse number 10. We know the verse. We are uh, created in his workmanship, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we are created unto good works. Okay, We are saved by our faith. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we're not saved by our good works, but once we are saved, we give evidence of our salvation. We give proof of our conversion By our good works. James 2 talks about our faith being evidenced by our works. Faith without works is dead. Abel brought in obedience the sacrifice that God had desired and commanded, no doubts. And he did so by faith, believing what God had said, what God had shown, even with his own mother and father. And he brought the right sacrifice, a more excellent sacrifice, and he brought it in faith, and the two go together. He obeyed because he believed. And he obeyed because he believed correctly. And we talk about doctrine demands duty. Philosophy or principle results in practice. Belief affects behavior. We see even that principle here. As Abel believed God... He brought the right sacrifice, and he brought it in faith. So we see a better sacrifice, and then we see a good report, a good report. God approved of Abel's faith. God approved of Abel's faith, and God approved of Abel's sacrifice. We just spent a lot of time talking about what all the sacrifice was and the instructions regarding that and the knowledge of what to bring but I want us to then look at the fact that God desires to bless and to honor our obedience. God gives us the grace and the strength to obey, and then he desires to honor and to bless us for our obedience. That's how good our God is. There was a good report. God approved of Abel. Abel's faith, God approved of Abel's sacrifice. Again, Hebrews 11 and verse number 4. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. So again, we see his faith, his, his works, his good works, as an evidence of his faith. But we see the good report as Abel is listed. Oops, that looks like I lost my connection, or... My computer is telling me I'm about to lose my connection. Uh Uh-oh. It's still there, so that's a good thing. My computer is telling me that I'm losing my connection. But we see here the blessing of God, the honor of God. Now, what does our world do today? Especially in these prosperity gospel circles, the charismatic Pentecostal circles. It's back. Good. All right was tempting fates or something, but it stayed up there. Good. All right. What, what does the prosperity gospel, those who are caught up in that, in the charismatic and the Pentecostal movement, oftentimes what is the sign of God's good favor? Material wealth and prosperity. But did Abel have a lot of material wealth and prosperity as he lies there in that field, dead, And yet being dead, he still speaks. His good report, his honor, his blessing still speaks to us today of obedience and faith. And even though it may cost us, as we've been talking about on Sunday mornings about persecution, it may cost us our lives, but we still obey. It may cost us a position, it may cost us a certain amount of money, it may cost us status. And I fear that too many Christians today are so concerned about status and image that they will compromise, they will sin, they will disobey clear commands of God and won't stand up for God and won't speak out for God because they would rather have the good report, the good report of the world, and the status that the world has set up instead of the good report that God wants to bring and the honor from God and the blessing that comes from God, that is for all eternity. It's so important that we don't lose sight of that. We realize, as we are enduring right now, cancel culture, we realize as believers, as Bible-believing Christians, taking a stand for what is right, the cancel culture has no forgiveness, has no mercy, has no desire to please God in any way. It is all about man and man's agenda and the world system and the flesh, and the devil, and the lust of flesh, and lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's all about excusing man's sin. No matter how they portray it, and I realize that there are things that maybe we should say differently, and there's some sensitivities that maybe we haven't had that we probably should have. Yes, okay, I get that. But Christians who begin to compromise and begin to do obeisance to cancel culture, we will find that this world has no mercy for the people of God. And we've been talking about that a lot on Sunday mornings. They ultimately hate our Savior who exposes their sin. They ultimately hate the Word of God who exposes our sin. And until they honor the Lord in obedience and repentance and faith, repenting of their sin and turning to Christ and saving faith and then obey the word of God, they're going to continue to look for reasons to cancel Christians. So compromising only sets us up for more failure and it dishonors the Lord. And there is eventually the judgment seat of Christ that we will stand at. And we're going to be held in account for our stewardship. What kind of stewardship are we going to have of the word of God? Of our homes and our families. What kind of a report? We've been preparing transcripts for for Chandler for college. We, uh, being in education, have done report cards for years. I remember when we first started as, uh, as I was the administrator of the school. And we were transitioning from an old, clunky, electronic grading system to a new grading system. And Kelly and I would come after school, and we would spend hours punching in numbers. She would sit there with the grade books, and I would sit there on the computer, and we'd punch in the numbers. Until we finally got the the system up and running and doing what it was supposed to do, and then it was a lot easier. But those grades were extremely important. Being a school principal, I had to deal with lots and lots and lots of transcripts. I had parents who were calling me on more than one occasion, wondering what their kid's GPA was. And sometimes it was about who was going to be numero uno when it came to valedictorian and salutatorian and all that. And it could be high pressure. I remember some intense conversations with parents about GPAs, reports, test scores. We're used to them. We understand evaluations, five-star ratings. You know, there's bots out there now. I've read that you're not even supposed to look for five-star ratings now because there are bots that are punching out five-star ratings on Amazon and a lot of these different sites. And so you want to look for something around 4.5 to 4.8. That's actually a better evaluation because there will be bots out there that'll be doing all ones or all fives Or something crazy like that. You want to look for something more in the 4.5 to 4.8 range when it comes to the products. Because the bots are out there cheating the system. It did. It died. I don't know if it'll work. Anyway, did it come back? It sure did. We're having issues with our, our wireless connection here tonight. So we see a good report. A living testimony. And then... We see the necessity of obedience as we come to a close here tonight in looking at the life of Abel. We see his testimony is a living testimony though. He is dead. He still speaks. This speaks to can I say the word legacy. I know there's a lot of talk about legacy and legacy is not the ultimate goal. There are pastors who get caught up in legacy And they can hurt the church because they get their agenda ahead of God's agenda. And I don't ever want to do that. We have politicians who will sell their souls to the devil because they want a legacy. Sports players who will sell out their team. They'll play for themselves. They don't care about the team. They don't care about championships. It's their records. It's their whatever personal goals are, and they are about their legacy, and it's all about themselves. Abel was not about himself. He ultimately died pleasing the Lord, and his testimony still speaks to us today. His legacy is one of honor. What will be said of us at our funeral? What will be said of us in that Three or four paragraphs on the back of a funeral uh, and an obituary. What will be said of us? What will we have left behind for our children, for our families? And I'm not talking about a nest egg and dollars and cents, though we want to do rights and we want to prepare with insurance and investments and all that. We want to prepare as best we can. But I'm talking about our testimony, our influence upon our family and others, for Christ, will we have the testimony of an Abel? He lived by faith. We know faith is necessary for salvation, and then for sanctification. First John three and verse number 12, It's a verse that helps us as well in understanding Abel's legacy. First John, chapter three and verse number 12. I need to get to the right place here. I should have marked it better. 1 John 3, verse 12, Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Could that be said of us in our obituary? His or her works were righteous. They lived for God. They loved the Lord and it showed and it manifested itself in relationships and the people that they affected for Christ. Everybody who ever knew that person knew that they loved the Lord and they wanted to please the Lord. And and it showed in their life, in the fruit of the Spirit, in the spiritual gifts, and in their obedience and in their love for God. And so we see in Abel the necessity of faith and the necessity of obedience. We see a better sacrifice, a good report. And a living testimony. What a powerful example Abel is. And may we look up to Abel. Obviously, we look up to Christ as our greatest example, but we see Christ's likeness in Abel, and we see things that we can learn from a life well lived. And even though Abel died for doing what was right, he has a testimony, a living testimony, that though he is dead, he still speaks to us today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for Abel, for his example. Thank you, Lord, that he lived by faith and obedience. He honored you with his life, and even in his death, his life still speaks, even to us today. Lord, I pray that we will live in such a way that our eyes are fixed on eternity. And though we are concerned about a legacy, Lord, may it be a legacy for the Lord and not for ourselves. And we. Pray that you will bless your word in our hearts and lives. Thank you, Lord, for our time together tonight. And we thank you for our church family. Pray that you to meet needs and be with each one. And for those who will be on the road, who will be traveling, pray for Bill even tomorrow as he goes in for surgery. And uh, Kelly's dad as well tomorrow for surgery. Pray that you will help those procedures to go well. Give them full recoveries. And we pray for these as well as many others. Thank you again for our time together tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here, and uh, we look forward to being back together on Sunday.